You're listening to a People of Note podcast, as heard on Classic 1027. Good evening and welcome to People of Note on Classic 1027. I'm Richard Koch, and every Sunday at this time from 6 to 8, I talk to someone who is a person of note and we listen to music of their choice. My guest in tonight's program is Klaus Krischok, who is the regional director of the Goethe Institute in sub-Saharan Africa. Welcome. Thank you very much, Richard. Pleasure to be here. That's quite an area to cover. It is indeed. It uh, begins in the west of Africa, in Dakar, all the way down to the beautiful city of Johannesburg and back up through Addis. And there's a few institutes in the middle of Africa that I'm also in charge of. How many altogether? Um, 15 Goethe Institutes and 6 Goethe Centers, so call it 21 altogether. And just explain for our listeners what the Goethe Institute is and what it does. The Goethe Institute is the official cultural institute of Germany. We promote the knowledge of German, obviously, but I think in Africa the emphasis is very much on cultural exchange between African countries and Germany and Europe, but also within African countries and between African countries. Does it work both ways? So people go from Africa to Germany very much to share their culture and Germans come this way to share their culture. Very much so. We hope in the case of South Africa that South Africa also sends people to Europe and to Germany, but it's part of our mission as well to bring African people and African art, uh, music, uh, films to Germany to a limited extent. It's a little bit the other way around that Germany comes to Africa and that Africans connect via the Goethe Institute. And how and when was the Goethe Institute begun and what was the purpose behind it? Thank you for asking. The Goethe Institute in Johannesburg just celebrated its 25th anniversary, its 25th birthday. Of course, we started here in Johannesburg in South Africa after the end of apartheid. But the idea of the Goethe Institute goes back to the early 1950s when Germany worldwide had a very bad reputation due to World War II and the horrors of Nazi Germany. So it was very much created as an organization that connected Germany to the world, that made the German language a language acceptable to the world again, and um, that not just showcased Germany to the world, but built trust. And obviously it's called the Goethe Institute after your great poet and writer. Absolutely. Because? Well, he's a person most Germans can identify with. He's a person that has a bit of um, um it sounds good to almost everyone in the world. I'd say to everyone in the world. He's like the Shakespeare He's of He's the Shakespeare Germany. of Germany. And believe it or not, when the Spanish started their cultural institute in the 19, I believe, 80s, they didn't call it Spanish Institute. They called it Cervantes Institute. When the Chinese went ahead with that, they didn't call it Chinese Institute, but Confucius Institute. So maybe it takes a figure you identify with to be successful. And you've just, as you said, you've just celebrated your 25th birthday of being in South Africa. Correct. And how did you celebrate that? We started on the 22nd of February with a pan-European event uh, and an African event celebrating the diversity of languages in Africa. Uh, a wonderful event um, as part of the UNESCO Day of Mother Languages. 
week went on and on and on with various events. But of course, there was a big party on the 28th with a German-African DJ, here we go, music, called Ralf Gum. Um, and of course, people were speaking, people were celebrating and connecting. Yeah, and really, it is about connecting people in the end. That's your business is about connecting people and building trust. Yeah. And I think we do it quite well. You could always do more, of course. But looking at those 25 years, I believe the Goethe Institute here has been a success. And I, I hope we can continue on this success for the next 25 years. But who am I to judge? Let others talk about the Goethe Institute. <laughs> now, let's listen to your first choice of music, which is, of course, by the great, and I'm glad to see, Johann Sebastian Bach. Because for me, he's the greatest. Uh, Richard, I totally agree. I totally agree. Yes, I chose Bach to start with. My choice is a bit eclectic and starts in Germany and takes you on a journey through the world, which is part of my history because I've been working across the world and for the Goethe Institute for many years. But yes, Bach is home. Uh, Bach is not just music. Bach is, in a way, a dialogue, a conversation with whatever is up there. Let's call it God, let's call it heaven. And the first piece I chose is, of course, the Christmas Oratory. Um, we're halfway between Christmas and Easter. And the Christmas Oratory, I think, is the most uplifting piece of music you can imagine. And it's so strange that the Christmas Oratory was almost forgotten and only gained popularity in the, 20, in the 20th century. I don't understand why, because it's just simply so beautiful. And here it is, Bereite dich Zion. That was Bereite dich Zion by Johann Sebastian Bach, performed by the Thomana Chor in Leipzig under Georg Christoph Bilter. Is that correct? That is correct. Absolutely wonderful. You see, my German has improved. <laughs> well, you probably don't even need a course at the Goethe Institute, but feel free to contact us. I would need a course in conversational German. I can read it and All I right. can sing it, but to speak it is a bit more tricky. I sort of make it up as I go along. Very good. Now, you mentioned just before we heard the music that you have already served in various places around the world. Where have you been? Because you're like a cultural diplomat, really. Yes. Um, to keep the Goethe Institute um, from not doing the same things over and over again, it has the habit of um, moving directors around. And um, I will take everyone on a journey through different countries where I've been. That's the whole idea here. But I started out in Chile. I leave that out musically. Continued to the UK, went to French-speaking Canada, from there back to Munich in Germany, onwards to Australia, onwards to Israel, back to Germany, and then to a tiny little country that really warmed my heart, to Bosnia and Herzegovina on the Balkans, before coming to South Africa. Gosh, so you really have been in many places around the world and on various hemispheres of the world also. Yes, all five, or is it six continents? Yes. I think there might be Antarctica missing, but I'm not planning to go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's amazing, because if you spend three or four years in each place, you don't look that old. So how is this possible? Hmm. Maybe in some places you spend fewer years. Well, it's a secret of the Goethe Institute. It is a rejuvenating experience. Actually, I think it must be, because you're dealing with such exciting concepts and ideas all the time. Uh, true. Um, it requires some flexibility because the concepts are different in each country where we are. But yes, I think you nourish yourself from encounters with wonderful people. 
Um, may I mention the Mozart Festival that recently happened, which was a truly exhilarating experience as just one example. But yes, the art scene, the cultural scene is something that keeps you vital. It will have to keep you vital because you meet lots of characters, challenging characters, but also creative characters. And yes, that is not just food for thought, but also food for the soul. And just tell us, in Johannesburg, the Goethe Institute has its own uh, headquarters on Jan Smuts Avenue. Correct. Uh, and is it open all day and every day so that well, people can come and go? We're working on the 24-hour-7 solution, but we haven't quite gotten there. Yes, but it's open six days a week and everyone can come and go. We have what's officially been titled the coolest library in town. Uh, we have events throughout and the language courses, of course, we charge with, but I believe we are a very happy, inclusive and welcoming place. And how do people find out about what's going on at the Goethe Institute? Ah, very easy. Social media does it all. Yes, of course, we are on social media, Goethe Institute Johannesburg. But the more official version is Goethe.de, Goethe.de slash Johannesburg. And you can subscribe to newsletters and never miss an event. And that's G-O-E-T-H-E, Goethe.de, Johannesburg. Correct. There you are. You can find out all the information. You've just missed a big party for 25 years, but there's going to be lots more coming up. So make sure that you get onto their mailing list. Now, Matthäus Passion is your next choice. Again, Johann Sebastian Bach. You're trying to uh, get special favors here because Johann Sebastian Bach, if you choose two in a row, you get a special prize here from me. So this is an aria for tenor, Ich will bei meinem Jesu warten, and it's sung by the Rias Kammerchor with Topi Letipu. That was the choice of Klaus Krischok, who's my guest in People of Note. He is the regional director of the Goethe Institute for Sub-Saharan Africa, and that was music by Johann Sebastian Bach from the St. Matthew Passion, or Matthäus Passion. I have to be, make my German very good when Klaus is here in the room. Klaus, how did you get involved with the Goethe Institute? What is your own background? Are you, were you a, a, a writer, or a poet, or a musician, or just a cultural activist? What were you? I guess I was always inspiring to be all of what you said, but I'm actually a scientist by background. Oh, really? I used to love plants and animals, so I studied marine biology. But then it turned out that um, being in labs, that's what you are, was a little bit boring for me. And uh, I tried to develop my other talents. That's managing, talking to people, connecting people. Um, and I always had a keen interest. I have to disappoint you there. Not so much in music, but in literature. So that's the motivating force behind that. Well, for the Goethe Institute, that's good. I believe so. Yeah. <laughs> and where do you come from in Germany? Well, I'm one of those characters who say I'm not post, not a post-war child, even though I was born in the 1960s, but I was, was lucky enough to be born in Western Germany. Uh, at the time, Germany was divided, communist Eastern Germany and Western Germany, and I was just a few kilometers away from the Iron Curtain. So on weekends, we would go to the Iron Curtain on the Western side and 
peer over the fence with binoculars and shudder of but what was happening there. So you can imagine the, the joy and the exhilaration when the curtain fell and Germany was reunited. Not so much for patriotic reasons, yes, we didn't maybe you know, understand that, but that just families were able to see each other again. So there you are, Catholic country boy from Western Germany. Yeah. There you are. And I was really interested because some years ago, uh, the Goethe Institute here in Johannesburg had a wall around it, which was broken down. And, and I was present at that occasion. There you go. I'm glad you mentioned it. It's been 10 years and it made almost international headlines so that we had the courage to take down that wall, Mr. Reagan, Mr. Gorbachev. And uh, believe it or not, it's um, not much has happened. Not much in term terms of, well, do we feel safe or not safe? Yes, we feel safe. And I believe other cultural institutions in Johannesburg have looked at what we've been doing and had more courage to open up. Notably, and I've talked to her on many occasions on that, the uh, Johannesburg Holocaust and Genocide Center, which is surprisingly loose and surprisingly open when it comes to that. So sometimes it's good to take courage, but I'm not claiming that I've done that. These were my wonderful predecessors. And actually, it's really interesting because since the wall came down in Berlin, actually more walls and fences and borders have gone up, which is really rather sad in a way. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. As a German who has experienced that those momentous events in 1989, it is completely incomprehensible to us who would ever think you can solve a conflict permanently by building a wall between people. So, yes, it's a sad story. Because yeah, I think the Goethe and similar institutes of various countries actually is all about breaking down barriers between people. Definitely in your case. Definitely want to try. Look yeah. at uh, what's happening in North America, um, the, the, the communication between I say Texas and Mexico has always been strong. You cannot separate those people internally yeah. by building up. Yeah, but I'm not thinking about physical walls, but also uh, intellectual walls. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we're all for multilateralism, uh, for international understanding, and the rise of nationalism in Europe and other ways and other places makes us very sad. Your next choice is uh, non so più. Mm. You said chose that with a bit of a sort of a tongue-in-cheek element. Non so più actually means I don't know who I am and what I'm doing. And I remember when I first saw the Nozze di Figaro, the um, the Marriage of Figaro, I was totally confused because the, it's sung by Cherubino, obviously a male figure. But then there was a woman singing that and she confesses his love in a woman's costume. Now, in a, a woman confesses her love to a man. So it's very, very confusing. But it is the ultimate Hosenrolle in German. That's your new German word, the trouser roll. Trouser roll, yes. Here it comes. That was the singer Natalie Choquette singing Non So Piu by Mozart, the choice of Klaus Krischok, who's my guest in People of Note. Now, I see uh, you say you've got a very eclectic uh, series of choices, but obviously some of them are by German composers. And the next one is from the Flying Dutchman. Just tell us about this. Well, as a German living mostly abroad, I constantly get asked whether I like Wagner. And I wholeheartedly say I'm still too young to like Wagner. I'm not getting it. 
with the exception of the Flying Dutchman. Um, I identify with that. Maybe I am the Flying Deutschman to some extent. And the the flying the, the the Hollander, as we say, is thankfully a short opera by by um, Wagner, and of course it has this spooky story of a sailor crisscrossing the oceans eternally, and he cannot be redeemed or released until Santa comes and Santa sacrifices herself um, to 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 save those sailors and save the flying Dutchman from damnation somehow. That touches me. Some of those spooky stories resonate with me. And um, the particular song we're playing is Steuermann Lass die Wacht, which is a very hearty and very well strong piece where the sailors sing, Stuart, um, leave, leave your, your watch post and celebrate with us. So that resonates with me. Here it comes. Steuermann Lass die Wacht. That was Steuermann Lass die Wacht from the Flying Dutchman, the Vienna Operatic Orchestra performing it there. And it's the choice of Klaus Krieschok, who's my guest in People of Note. That's the program you're listening to on Classic 1027. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back after this. Now, welcome back to People of Note on Classic 1027. And why I said now was because I noticed that the next piece, we're going around the other side of the world. Uh, and your time in Australia, you, basically, as a as a cultural diplomat, you are three or four years in a place before you move on. If I'm lucky, I'm there for six years. And oh, in is Australia, that... I managed to be there for six years, yes. Yeah. And it, I mean, six years is quite a long time for a diplomat. Is that, yes. two, is that yes. two terms, actually? No, it was actually one, one long term. term. Yeah. Um, I believe the German Foreign Office believes true diplomats who work at the embassies are much more clever than we are. We need a little bit more time. And I believe it also makes sense to really get going and really create what I call trust relationships, sustainable relationships. Sometimes it's better to be there a little bit longer. And sometimes you get special missions, structural missions. So that was the case in Australia, where I lived in Sydney, but I was also in charge of the Goethe Institute in Melbourne. So I was lucky enough to enjoy the Australian sun for six years. <laughs> and do you make good friends while you're on these uh, terms in in a particular country because after six years you leave and then you leave all those good friends behind also. Mm, it's almost uh, the content of a or the the context of a tragic opera you could say. As in South Africa, it was very easy to make friends in Australia. It's a very open society, interest societies. But then you leave and of course you always try to take something with you and always try to connect that. But there are losses, and it's totally clear. Yeah. You know, that's the sacrifice you have to bring. It goes with the territory. It goes with the territory, yeah. well put. And your, your choice is waltzing Matilda, uh, which is quite interesting because everyone thinks it's a waltz, but it's actually not in three times, so it can't be a waltz. Absolutely not. Uh, the waltz is the wandering of someone. So this is the story about a swagman at a billabong under a koliba. This is a, a, a wandering um, herdsman who sits at a little pond under a special tree. And he's very melancholic, which of course you can hear in this song, which is or used to be the unofficial Australian anthem, but it never made it to being official. 
That was Waltzing Matilda, and I've never seen it described in brackets as Tom Traubert's blues, but it makes a lot of sense. It does, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Because uh, he's obviously quite a miserable chap, but anyway, he pinches a sheep and uh, has a party, I expect, just as you've been having a party here. And uh, it's interesting that Klaus is being my guest in People of Note tonight because they've just celebrated 25 years of being in South Africa. And I'm sure in those 25 years that the Goethe Institute has made a big difference in the lives of many South Africans, a apart from just teaching people how to speak German. I would assume so, and that is the feedback we get back. We actually try to invest in people. We, are, we have moved away from showcasing Germany to South Africa, because what's the point, no? Uh, but we're investing in the biographies of people, of students with scholarships, of artists with grants to work here in South Africa, but also to connect to the international scene. So I believe that is correct. But again, others should judge. I've only been here a year and doing my best. But also, I think one of the jobs that you do is to stimulate conversation, not only about Germany, but also making us look at ourselves through different eyes. Yes, that that would definitely be true. Um, if we're talking like we did with yourself recently during the Mozart Festival, the politics of joy, we take good old Beethoven as a starting point. But joy is a universal topic that, um, that everyone cons is concerned with. Can we be still joyful in days and in times that are sometimes hard? So yes, conversations, not just about Germany, but universal conversations about things that matter to the people where we are. So you're actually like a thought center in a way. Oh, you give us all these grand attributes here, Richard. <laughs> I'm blushing. I'm but glad people think, can't see this, but, but yes, that would true. be yeah. that would be that would be an ambition. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's it's a very wonderful thing to be because you can stimulate conversations and you can stimulate ideas and without sort of getting hung up about them. Yes, which is wonderful. Yes. Now Talk to me about your next choice, which is Le Petit Bonheur. Yes, um, well, lots of people like French chansons, but hardly everyone knows that the province of Quebec in Canada also has great singer, singers and songwriters. I lived there in the late 1990s in Montreal and truly enjoyed it. And at that time, Félix Leclerc was often heard. So the song I chose is Le Petit Bonheur, My Little Bit of Happiness. It's a very happy song with a bit of a melancholic undertone. He's happy, but he's afraid to lose his happiness. Another universal topic. That was Félix Leclerc with Le Petit Bonheur, the choice of Klaus Krishok, my guest in People of Note. From Canada, you went on your journey to Israel, was it next? Not directly, yeah. but in this, in this sequence, Israel is next, yes. Also, a, a tricky place to be living because also a, a country of walls. Absolutely. Not that um, your job is political, but I'm sure you come across this in the cultural life as well, because these things tend to spill over. 
First of all, if you go to Israel as a German and with an official mission, um, of course you're very, very nervous about how you're going to be received and you tread very carefully. But Israel is a very warm country, not just in terms of climate, a country that discusses things very, very openly and unfortunately builds walls and also has mental walls. Um, if you understand this a little bit better and listen to both sides, both sides of each wall, you can actually enjoy Israel very much. You engage in conversations that you never believed you would ever have. And I must say that the people that I've come to know from Israel are very open in discussing things. They're not shy about Def having arguments. Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> And your choice of music from Israel? Yes, um, it's by a singer called Ofra Hazar. Ofra Hazar was very much an icon in Israel and internationally, especially in the in the LGBT scene. Tragically, she died uh, in, I believe, 2000 after contracting HIV um, infection. And no one ever knew where, where that infection came from. In a way, her death... Um, enlarged that iconic status, uh, enlarged the iconic status because all of a sudden Israeli politicians went to her funeral and, and sung the, the eulogies. She's basically a pop star. So for once here I've chosen a pop song uh, called Imin Alu. I don't even know what it means, but it made her and it made the whole complex of HIV in the Middle East in a way um, less of a taboo than it was before tragic ending but a happy song and just before we play it um, obviously with your uh, German origins is this an issue which is still an issue if you like in Israel I mean is there still a hurt about the Holocaust on the Second World War of course there are Holocaust survivors <clears throat> who we meet who the Goethe Institute looks after to some extent it is of course an ongoing topic it's the greatest atrocity a nation have, has ever committed this will stay and this will not go away distance third generation fourth generation of course grows but we do our best to keep the memory of what happened alive that was the singer Ofra Hazar singing Imnin Alu, uh, the choice of Klaus Krishok, uh, chosen because he spent some time in Israel representing the Goethe Institute. And that was uh, probably uh, one of the more challenging positions that you've been in, in Israel. But then you had quite a pleasant time, I think, after that in Bosnia-Herzegovina. Well, don't uh, underestimate Bosnia-Herzegovina because it's a very, very traumatized country. We know about the Balkan Wars in the 1990s. It is essentially a split country where, um, well, the religious fractions, Muslim, Orthodox and Catholic, don't really get along very well. It's also a very patriarchal society with very warm and welcoming people. But the patriarchal society is something that I believe mm, hinders this country to develop further. It wants to be part of the European Union, doesn't quite get there. So my choice of music, if I may, is very special. It's a chap called Bozo Vrecho, and he sings Sevdalinka. Sevdalinka are traditional folk songs, usually presented to you by elderly men in restaurants, whether you ask them or not. But this Bozovrecho is very special because he questions all these patriarchal um, elements in the society. He performs either as a man or a woman or both at the same time. So he has traditional 
folk song, but with a very, very strong twist and a very strong provocation. That was Bozo Vrecho, uh, a Bosnian song or Bosnian Herzegovinan Herzegovinan song. I don't know quite what you say. Bosnian. We'll just stick a with Bosnian. Bosnian song. Yes, the yeah. Herzegovinian may not like you, but <laughs> it's okay for now. <laughs> the choice of Klaus Krišok, who's my guest in People of Note. That's the program you're listening to on Classic 1027. I'm Richard Koch, and we're just going to take a short break, and we'll be back after this. Welcome back to People of Note here on Classic 1027. By the way, I'm with you each weekday evening with Full Works. That's from 7 to 10 each evening, and on a Friday from 6 to 9. So don't forget to listen to the Full Works during the week. But here on a Sunday evening, we're exploring some other byways. And tonight I'm talking to Klaus Krischok, the regional director of the Goethe Institute in sub-Saharan Africa. Is this the first time that you've been uh, in charge, as it were, of quite such a large area? It's the first time I'm regional director. And what are the particular difficulties of that? Because, I mean, if you're looking after, I think you said, quite a lot of, like 31, or I can't remember how many, different offices, that must involve quite a lot of traveling also. It does indeed, yes. And and you're answering your question in a way. Uh, flying about um, night flights back from Lagos are a bit tiring and you have to be full up on uh, Monday morning to be back on the job. Yes, it's a, co- it's a question of coordinating. Unfortunately, you're not quite as much in touch with what is happening on the ground. You're basically a manager trying to pull the strings. But it's very enjoyable because I get to see Africa in its full splendor with all its challenges, uh, all its talent, and uh, still get the feeling, yes, in all modesty and with what we can do with our limited means, we try to be doing something good. And as you're traveling around, are you also looking to see perhaps which can be the next permanent center on its own? Yes. Yes, we're currently working on uh, Ouagadougou in Burkina Faso, where we've been present for a while, and that is um, a center that we would, I would personally, we would like to build up a little bit. And just for our listeners, and for me also, what goes on in Ouagadougou? Ha. Um, for those of you who haven't been, it's the hottest place that I know. It's one of the dustiest places where I've been, where the most gentle, soft-spoken people in Africa um, who are very, very interested to just lift their eyes up a little bit and, and look over the Sahel zone. And not just with the idea of how can I escape from there and go to Europe. Yes, refugees do come from uh, countries in the Zal zone, but how can we make a better living where we are? And that also involves art and culture, surprisingly vibrant music scene, dance scene. There's the big film festival in Ouagadougou, and there are universities who even teach German. <laughs> so do you go there quite regularly then? Well, I try to go there once or twice a year. Yeah. Uh, which is not really very much when you think of it. Well, we have yeah. a representative yeah. on the ground. Yeah, yeah. There are modern means of communication. Yeah. But yes, once or twice a year to Waga to see how it develops, that's yeah. a fun idea. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, you come Uber den Vulcan to come home. Exactly. How did you guess that? Über den Wolken is um, one of my favorite songs ever. And we're going back to Germany now. Über den Wolken obviously means above the clouds. 
and it's presented by um, a singer-songwriter called Reinhard May, who also featured at Frédéric May in France, one of the few Germans uh, who used to be uh, equally popular in Germany and France. And it's a song from the 1970s when flying was actually something glamorous, something exciting. So he, he sings about the excitement of, well, going on a jet plane and flying off. He believes freedom is limitless above the clouds. Judge for yourself. That was Reinhard May with a song called Über den Wolken, the choice of Klaus Krischoch, my guest in People of Note. Now, when I looked at your uh, choice of music, I noticed Keith Jarrett, whose name comes up here on Classic 1027 from time to time. But something happened in Köln or Cologne that makes this recording special. True. Um, well, it's the Köln concert, I believe from 1975 or thereabout. Uh, he recorded live and a live album became, as far as I know, the best-selling uh, jazz album globally and one of the best-selling live albums ever. It's hard to judge, but um, the Cologne concert, even though I've, I've known it ever since the beginning, still strikes a chord. It's musical home. It may be because Jared gave it all. And um, if you listen to the Cologne concert um, over and over again, you hear him squeaking and moaning, and he, the physical presence of the musician is so strong. The tunes, of course, are sometimes melodious and sometimes very wild, so you can hear and listen to it over and over again and always discover something new. Do you like jazz? Hmm. <clears throat> I'm not a particular great fan of jazz, and I wouldn't claim to be an expert. But if you ask whether I like Keith Jarrett and Jan Gabarek, I would always say yes. Do, do you yourself <clears throat> listen to music? Yes, of course. Of which type? Um, it's the question of mood. If I'm in a boisterous mood, I think pop does it for me. And sometimes even, well, these unspeakable horrors of techno music or club music do it for me. But, but you also enjoy symphony concerts. I also enjoy symphony concerts. That's more my quieter and reflective side, yeah. if you want to stereotype it a little And bit. did you ever sing in a choir or play in an orchestra yourself? Is that an invitation, Richard? <laughs> <laughs> did you? I did a while ago, currently. That's possibly not, not, not in, because I always have to fly to Ouagadougou. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you see, this is the problem of being yes, on the move to, all the time. You have to be consistent there. Yeah. Anyway, here comes Keith Jarrett from the Köln concert. That was Keith Jarrett performing at the Köln concert that was recorded live in Cologne uh, in 1975, but it's a sort of uh, a famous recording that was made of Keith Jarrett, and it was chosen by Klaus Krischok, who's my guest in People of Note. Now, I see we're coming close to South Africa, but there's another way first. Mm -hmm. I chose Tom Odell, um, another love, um, maybe simply to show everyone that I'm not completely out of touch with what's happening in the, in the pop scene. Um, uh, but he is a very young 21-year-old, I believe, British singer who, to me, encapsulates something about the, um, um, 
the questions that this generation may ask. Huh? He's melancholic yet hopeful. He's not this rounded personality. He's someone who also questions himself in this song. And I think that's a very, very good thing. Um, beautiful tune, beautifully, um, beautifully accompanied. But it's this questioning in Another Love that I think strikes a note with me and hopefully with the audience. Another Love by Tom O'Dell. Klaus, with your traveling around and living in societies for three, four, five, six years at a time, do you notice commonalities between all these different countries or are they all very different? I mean, you, it's very nice for you because you sort of parachute in and then eventually you leave. What, what do you discover about these different societies that oh, you live in? That is a philosophical question. Of course, there are hopefully common denominators in humankind these days. Uh, um, it, yes, in the English-speaking world and the common in the Commonwealth world, Australia, Canada, maybe even South Africa, there are similarities that are clearer to define than when you go to Israel or when you go to Bosnia. I believe the young generation that we try to address and try to meet has similar hopes and aspirations. You would call them, of course, peace. You would call them prosperity. You would call them, um, let's cherish the freedom of opinion. Unfortunately, you get to live also in countries where this is not granted, where uh, the younger generation feels um, disillusioned, doesn't have the opportunity to really unfold and come across. There are, of course, um, burning subjects, which we um, understand are burning as much um, elsewhere than here in South Africa. Climate change is something that is not an abstract, um, an abstract um, news item, but it is something that we feel. So yes, humankind still can communicate, but it needs to communicate better between the countries yeah. to solve some problems that we face. And while you're not a politician as such, very many of the issues, I'm sure, which you touch on at the Goethe Institute have political implications because you try to stimulate conversation about various things which are bound in the end to come down to politics also. Right. We try to stay out of day-to-day -day no, politics. <laughs> yes, that would, otherwise we would uh, probably not be here for very long. Day-to-day no? -day politics is not what drives yeah. us, but sometimes the ideas behind day-to-day -day politics, things that concern societies, things that concern the way we interact with each other, and question of how we express our thoughts and our emotions. And of course, that's also political. Yeah. Yes, because ideas in the end are political. I guess so. In some way I or another. So. And here we come to your choice for South Africa, which is Asimbonanga. Well, I've taken you on a journey to countries where I've lived, and it's about time that I pay tribute to South Africa. And that was a very hard one, because uh, there's so many songs. Africa has a very a lot of musical talent, but I still chose the song that, to me, before I arrived here, was iconic to uh, for South Africa. Of course, it's Johnny Clegg, and he's playing paying tribute to Mandela in Asimbonanga, and I hope you enjoy it. That was Johnny Clegg and Savuka, and a nice tribute also to Johnny Clegg, who died fairly recently. Asimbonanga, the song about Nelson Mandela. The choice of Klaus Krishok, who's my guest. He's the regional director of the Goethe Institute for Sub-Saharan Africa. You look after Sub-Saharan Africa, 
How many Goethe Institutes are there around the world? Currently, we have 159 Goethe Institutes globally. That's a lot. And we hope to grow. <laughs> yeah. Well, you were saying that Wagudugu may be the next exactly. center. Exactly. Yeah, so it's, it's always going to grow as long as you have the budget for that. And this, there's obviously support from the German state for these uh, centers Absolutely. that you have. I think Germany as a, as a country, the German government considers what we do as an essential part of interacting with other nations. Um, you could call it as the three pillars of foreign policy. One is, of course, the official foreign policy with diplomats and politicians traveling and meeting and hopefully coming to solutions. The other one is the economy. But number three, th pillar number three, is all about culture and education. So, yes, we are an integral part of, of that policy. Um, you could call it soft diplomacy if you want to. Um, and yes, German politicians, we could always do more if you gave us a little more. So yes, we're supported by the German taxpayer in the end, but we also rely on creating our own income. So people of South Africa come and take courses at the Goethe Institute. And, and the way you generate that income is language courses. Yes, language courses and increasingly exams. Um, German exams all over Africa are extremely popular right now. You mean exams in German language? Yes. Yes, because they allow people who want to study abroad to go and study at a German university. And surprisingly, education on German universities is free of charge. How so nice. basically, a Goethe exam could be the entry ticket to study in Germany and possibly even make a, a career in Germany. So you have to, but there are different <coughs> levels, presumably. Yes. Yes, definitely, yes. This is, uh, there's a European system now. It starts with A1, it goes up to C2, similar with English, similar with French. Yes, and you can go, you can climb up the ladder through your qualification in German language. I guess, Richard, you would at least be, I guess, a B2. You have to work on your subjunctive just a tiny <laughs> little bit, but otherwise it's very acceptable. Yeah, but... You see, my pronunciation is good from the singing because I've always sung in German, but I think my conversation is probably not very good. I think I have to improve that. Singing serves a lot of good purposes. It does, but I think I would have to come for some lessons in grammar because all these things like der, die, das and all of those technical grammarian things I'm not very good at. So, but... But it's a wonderful life nonetheless. And I see that's your next choice, is wonderful life. Well, it's almost sort of a semi-conclusion because we've been to so many countries, but uh, Black has always been with me, this uh, young singer. I think he was more or less a one-hit wonder in the UK, but it's, um, um, well, it speaks for itself. Um, even in times when life may be a bit challenging, you may be sad, just turn on black and you feel better. That was Wonderful Life by a singer called Black. The choice of Klaus Krischok, my guest in People of Note. Klaus, um, obviously you enjoy life. I mean, it seems to me that you enjoy life. When I've seen you at the Goethe Institute interacting with the public, you have a very positive attitude. You like people. You get on with people, you speak well. Uh, I mean, you should have a, like an A1 or whatever it is in English too, because your English is really good. Thank you. And and I see that your choice is um, Ich liebe das Leben, mm. that I love life, which you obviously do. 
Yeah, well, yes, yes, yes. Strangely enough, despite all the trials and tribulation and the challenges that come with it, uh, I chose a song from my youth by um, a Berlin singer, Katja Epstein, who was very successful also in the Eurovision Song Contest, where Germany usually fails. And this song is about... <laughs> I thought you were going to say where Germany usually wins. No, 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 no. no. The others don't let us. And of course, there's politics against the politics of music. But Katja Epstein did quite well. Ich liebe das Leben simply means I love life, similar to Black, what we heard before. And this song is... Um, has become some sort of folk song. Almost everyone in Germany knows that. Um, it's sung frequently during that time between Easter and uh, Christmas and Easter during Carnival. And unfortunately, it's often sung by big groups of men who've had a beer or two too many. So forgive me if it sounds a little bit kitschy, but it is of some significance. Katja Epstein. Klaus, I'm quite interested to know, with all the traveling that you do to the various centers in sub-Saharan Africa, when you have time off, what do you like doing? Can you repeat that question? What is time off exactly? <laughs> <laughs> so when you have a little time off, because traveling uh, can be quite tiring also, as you mentioned earlier, but do you enjoy travel yourself or what do you do when you're not working as it were. I can give you a bit of an insight into South African life. Well, we've adopted two lovely dogs from a dog rescue center. So dog education currently is very high on the agenda and they're stubborn little fellows. We uh, are very lucky to, for the first time in my life here in Johannesburg to have a garden. Well, it looked like a garden when we moved and we're, we're basically growing plants. I'm old enough to almost appreciate suburban lifestyle. There you go. But the big challenge is to stay in touch with friends and to stay in touch with family and look after family. So I'd say, yes, dogs, garden, enjoy culture, enjoy music when you're even off the job. And yes, um, still connect with family. I would say is that. When you say family, do you mean your family in Germany? In Europe, And yes. do they manage to come here so they can see something of South Africa? Well, too? this is a message that goes out to my mother-in-law. Please board that plane and come to Johannesburg. It's a wonderful place to be. There we go. So there's uh, lots of possibilities there. And one of, I know that recently you came to the Ninth Symphony that we performed, and so that you have some idea of what we do and can do here in South Africa. And I notice that this is your, your final choice. Yes, and it's a tribute to you, Richard. We thoroughly at the Goethe Institute enjoy working with you. We've done that for the last six or seven years. The Mozart Festival has a very, very firm place in the calendar, in the cultural calendar of, uh, of Johannesburg. Even more so in a year when Beethoven would have been, I believe, 250, 250. years old. So the Ode to Joy is, of course, the most iconic piece. It's also the European anthem. And, um, well, you could always take it as a comment on everything we've talked about. Let's be joyful in times that are challenging. And on this note of Europe, yes, let's keep Europe together, I would say, yes. <laughs> Gosh, that's, that's quite something to say in the light of what's just happened. But, I mean, Europe is, is an amazing place, an amazing uh, agglomeration, if that's a word, of nations and peoples and with without walls now which is important 
and uh, we're trying to build a better world. I think that's actually what you're doing with the Goethe Institute, is trying to build a better world with better understanding between peoples. And I think you do a fantastic job at the Goethe Institute. And so I just want to say thank you to you for all the work that you do through the Goethe Institute, and may you have many years of success here in South Africa. Thank you very much for having me here, Richard. And all the best to you and the audience, and uh, let's celebrate Ode to Joy. That was part of Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, the famous uh, one which finishes with the Ode to Joy. And that was the final choice of Klaus Krischok, the regional director for Sub-Saharan Africa of the Goethe Institute, who've just celebrated their 25th birthday in South Africa, Thank you, Klaus, for coming in. Thank you, Richard. And we look forward to many years of your being here in South Africa. And thank you all at home for listening. And thank you to Mataba Taba Hadebe, who's helped us put this program together. And until next time, from all of us here at Classic 1027, we wish you a very good night.